0: Hello, beautiful people. Welcome back to your Guide to Love podcast. I'm Haley Helveston. This podcast is all about holistic health, sacred sexuality, and spirituality. I have Sarah Rose here, and she is an online men's sex coach. Welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yes, I'm so excited to have you. Okay, so tell us a little bit about what you're doing yeah so
1: I'm working with men um so I'm a certified sex love and relationship coach I specialize in men's sexuality and in tantra so i really working with men around it, allowing their sexuality to be a holistic part of them rather than just you know something that's very separate not connected with their heart not connected with their wisdom things like that so just connecting letting this be like a full bodied experience i mean men have been like t- that they can just have these, um, the basic ejaculatory orgasm where, you know, they have that, that peak climax and then they crash and lose a lot of energy. Um, but there's so much more that men can experience. You can have orgasms without even ejaculating. They can have full body orgasms. They can have multiple orgasms. They can have orgasms in all the different ways that women can have. And in, I mean, maybe there's clearly like differences, but I'm just saying like the different types of orgasms, like the rushes of energy, the energy that cycles through their body, all those are available to men and they've been just fed this load of crap that this is all that they can have. And so I help them uh, to, to experience that. And and also it's just so much more satisfying for women when we're having sex with a man that knows how to make love in those ways, because most women are just not satisfied in bed. Just absolutely not. You know, you can have a really great guy, but if he doesn't know how to satisfy you in bed, it's really going to cause issues in the relationship.
0: Mm, yes. And I'm so glad that you're talking about this though, because I so agree with you. I didn't even know what great sex was too I was with a guy who knew what he was doing because before then I wasn't having orgasms. (laughs) So I was like, I don't really know what's the point.
1: (laughs) Right. What's the point of like going to dinner and like going to this really nice restaurant and then you like, no one brings you food. (laughs) (laughs) Basically. I'm
0: like, it feels good, but eh." Um, okay. So what do you think is the biggest problem for men sexually? Is it lack of education or what? It really is. It's lack of
1: education. Mm -hmm. And Uh, you know, it's not their fault. We live in a society where this is all they're given. Um, So uh, thankfully, there are people out there like myself now that are starting to educate men and really letting them experience their sexuality in in a deeper way. Uh, and, And of course, like the whole porn culture impacts men. And they see that as sex education rather than entertainment, which is really what it is. Uh, And, you know, women watching porn as well, women thinking they need to act like porn stars, men thinking they need to act like porn stars. And then no one's really enjoying sex. You know, it's just kind of this disconnected, um, aggressive type sex where no one is, um, no one's just... No one's having these bliss type experiences that are available. Like with tantric sex, you can have transcendent experiences. You can feel like you're having out of body experiences with your partner. It can be so amazing. And like we're just constantly through media over and over being shown these very limited versions of what's available to us.
0: Mm. But why do you think they do that? Uh,
1: So I think there is. A, as far as, like if you think about sex, we it originates as like a purely biological urge, right? Like in in tribal society, like when we're out in nature having sex, and there's like panthers around that could pounce at any moment you needed to have sex quickly and it was purely for procreation purposes, but we're not in that world anymore. when we're now like able to go into a locked bedroom and shut the door and put on sensual music and, you know, light a candle, things like that. And most of us are having sex for pleasure rather than procreation. And so we're needing a- as we evolve as humans, our sex needs to evolve as well. And sex is still ruled by our primal brain, right? And it's not really this cortex driven experience. And and when we are like really in our head having sex, sex tends to not be good. So it can be kind of complicated to try and get those two of the brain in alignment. And that's really how I work with men when I'm working with them. And I have a group coaching program it's called The Man on Fire, and it's six months of coaching. And it's all about getting the three parts of the brain in alignment: the limbic system, the primal brain, the cortex. So you can have, you can be fully on board when you're having sex.
0: Mm. I love how you focus on all three. Because I think that one thing I've noticed, like I even had a partner recently where, you know, you think that I've me doing this work I would be having like amazing (laughs) like uh, squirting like spiritual sexual experiences but it goes you know you have to have the person that knows what he's doing too (laughs) so I was recently with dating someone and I felt like you know he was too in his ego and so I feel like we are working on that but is do you run into that a lot with your clients that where the men get stuck in their ego and that it's like no matter what you say they can't get it
1: So thankfully, uh, typically the men that I work with are the men that really do want to change in their life. I'm not to say that their ego doesn't come up, but it's like, they're there. They're spending a lot of money. They're spending a lot of time. They're there because they want transformation. So I feel really fortunate in that regards. Like I work with some of the best men on the planet, in my opinion, <laughs> like They're they're the good guys that are like the ones that I really want women to be with and have amazing sex with. Because so often women are attracted to guys that are just assholes, you know, and that are very ego men. And, um, and there's, there's definitely some, you know, psychology around why women are attracted to men like that. But like, I'm I want the good guys, the w- guys that really do desire to treat r- women well, to be the ones that have the sexual confidence that women notice them and they're like, damn, look at that. Because a woman can tell if it has it or not, you know, like you can just look at a guy and be like, mm, yeah, that one's going <laughs> <And laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. to be fun. Guys.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's definitely true. Um no, and I agree with you about that because there are so many men that are teddy bears and just great guys, they just don't know. Yeah. I'm working on that. <laughs> mm, yes, definitely. Okay, so what about in terms of like what for people listening, the men and women, the what would you want them to know in terms of just like simple tip to give them on, hey, here's a technique that you can try today?
1: Yeah, so guys, just down first and foremost, like really is for your entertainment it's not something that actually translates very well into the bedroom you have to imagine there's like millions of dollars behind some of these productions these are actors they're being paid they're on you know different pills they've got all these different props going on so try and reenact porn in the bedroom and um, just slow down connect with her, connect with your own body, focus on your breath, deep, relaxed inhales and exhales. And that will take you a long way.
0: Mm. I love that. I've told people to take deep breaths too, because it's almost like in our fast-paced society, we forget to breathe. Yes. (laughs) But is porn a big problem in the people that you've worked with?
1: I I don't necessarily say that porn is a problem. It's just how we approach porn. I think that you know, porn can be fun if you using it for entertainment. But it is when we become dependent on porn. And there's also most often when guys are masturbating to porn, uh, they're really gripping their penis very tight uh, and very hard and very aggressive. And it's just like. their desire is to just ejaculate fairly quickly. And so when they go to have sex with women, if they've trained their body to ejaculate in that way, in that hard, tight, with that hard, tight grip, a woman's vagina often doesn't feel that same way. And so it can cause some difficulties when um, they're trying to orgasm and ejaculate. Uh, It can also cause some issues when there with them not being attracted to a woman who doesn't behave um, in the same way women do in porn, um, it can create um, this this sense of, uh, it's actually like they program their brain to be turned on by the visual stimulation on screen, and then their brain is no longer uh, trained in the way of being turned on by flesh and blood woman. I typically just ask you know tell guys let to have a varied experience of how they um, experience sex and the different ways they go about it so they can be with a woman they can masturbate on their own they can masturbate to porn or you know play with different toys but to have it be a varied experience so that way they're not only having neural pathways formed in their brains in one specific way.
0: Okay. So you're not anti, like, completely get rid of porn. You're saying use it in an appropriate way. Yeah, just be conscious of how you're using it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I understand that. Because that's fascinating, learning more and more about the fact that, like, it will affect the way a man views a woman in terms of, eh, she doesn't turn you on as much as the girl on the screen. Yeah, and that's not all men, but some
1: men do report that.
0: Mm-hmm. And does it affect how long they
1: last? Uh, so uh, t- often guys will have, m- have difficulty ejaculating. So like they'll, they can have sex for a really long time and never actually come. Um, because they've trained their body to orgasm by watching porn rather than during sex.
0: And then what is how, like, how do you fix that? Just limit your porn use?
1: uh so it it can be a process um it can be something that even takes up to 6 months of like really working on changing that and um, but i do recommend uh reducing porn um, and doing uh, things like using a flashlight or some sort of um, male masturbation toy like that, and because instead of their hand, because it's going to feel more like a vagina would than um, a really tightly hand. So that can help as well in their body. And but it's a process uh, which is called pendulation in which you start, in which you associate new things with turn on. So like, if you can only get turned on by watching porn and you can kind of flip back and forth between the two. So like, even if, um, if a woman is willing to work with her partner around this and like, they can start with porn, but then not finish with porn, things like that in order to help him with the new associations.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you know, there's so many, and this is why I love interviewing you and like all the different people because everybody has different takes on this, you know? Um, some people like completely get rid of porn. Some people like you were like, okay, just use it in a conscious way. So I think that's good for people to hear different viewpoints.
1: Yeah. And it, just having compassion on yourself and grace with yourself and you know with your partner as well if you're willing to work together through things then it's going to be a lot better than if you're you know fighting each other and shaming each other because that doesn't make anyone feel good
0: <laughs> yeah yeah definitely no one wants to feel that yeah. <laughs> um, okay so what about in terms of semen retention and nofap I know that's a huge thing now what are your thoughts on that
1: yeah, I'm not a fan of the no fap movement. Um, I think sexuality is very healthy. It's very normal for us to enjoy it. And there's a lot of shame that people have when it comes to masturbation and uh, that is there's, I feel like a lot of the, the no fap movement really is patient shame. Uh, sex shame is happening. You know, it's, um, also, there aren't scientific bases for the no fat movement. Like, there's some anecdotal evidence, but um, beyond like a seven day period, a guy's testosterone isn't going to boost um, by not ejaculating. So, um, I think that if a man is interested in semen retention, then tantric or uh, Taoist practices around it are healthier. Uh, and it's not about not ejaculating, but it's about having orgasms um, without ejaculating, and then just ejaculating when you choose to. So there's there's science around showing ejaculation is healthy, and um, even in the tantric tradition, like it was ejaculation, both male and female ejaculation were seen as an offering. And so if you take a new approach to ejaculation, then just that mindset shift can, can go a long way. Because if a man is ejaculating to porn in an unconscious way, and you know, he's just kind of like getting off that's a very different experience than being with a woman and offering his ejaculation to her as a gift of, of their love or um, as um, maybe some sort of intention that they're trying to bring into the world together, something like that. So it's just a different way of going about it. And there's so much when you bring sacredness, when you bring intention into sexuality that can make it really beautiful and and just this elevated way of, of being together
0: mm, yes i love that i've said an intention before sex before i think that's so powerful yes yeah yeah because it, it, that is interesting how so many people you know they're like oh my god i ejaculated now i have shame over that when that is like a natural process
1: Yeah, it really is. And so when I work with men around um, having orgasms without ejaculation, it's never with the intention for them to not ejaculate, but it's for them to be conscious of their ejaculation and to be able to orgasm all through sex and not have to wait until the end when that's when they ejaculate. Um, So it's it's just a different way of going about it.
0: Mm, Yes, no, I love that. Okay, so what about for women? For the men that you've worked with, are they telling you that the women are not having orgasms?
1: Yeah, that's a big concern for men. Like, they do feel a lot of um, self worth, even in whether or not they're able to give men orgasms. And so, like, that's a big deal. They really want to be the best lover she's ever had. I mean, they're. Clearly, there are plenty of men out there that don't, and they are the assholes and the douchebags that women just need to stay away from, but there are a lot of really great guys out there. So women, don't be fooled. They are out there. They're good <laughs> guys in there. They want you to. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely. <laughs> I wish I could have like a screening thing of like, okay, no assholes allowed on this dating app. This is just for like... <laughs> right because there's so much pain that's caused when we go out with people that don't treat us well and um it makes me so sad because it just contributes to this this divide between men and women that we see happening in culture and it's so unnecessary so um but yeah like I do know that men want the woman they're with to orgasm. They want to know that they're the best lover she's ever had, that they're really satisfying her in bed. And so if you're with the guy and that's not happening and you know, he is someone that loves you know that it's, it's important to have these conversations and come to him from a place of love, like not accusation, because that really sucks. Like I hear from a lot of guys when women just shut them down, you know, and they're just like, Oh, like, you don't satisfy me in bed. And like, she just gets angry. And, and that brings a whole relationship on a downward spiral. So Mm.
0: approach
1: from a place of, Hey, you're amazing. I, I cherish our relationship. I want us to have incredible sex because you're so important to me. And I, I already love our sex life. And I think that we can explore and like have fun. There's so many options just to explore together and ha- starting the conversation, something like that.
0: Mm, yes. I love that. Yeah. Cause that's what I always tell the woman that I work with too, is like just even normalizing the conversation or like around discussing it. That bet you've noticed is where a lot of times people can't even discuss it.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. We have very stunted um, growth when it comes to sexuality. Like, I mean, we there's there's five stages of sexuality, and most people are stunted in their growth at every single stage.
0: We well, okay, go into this.
1: So like we ex there's uh they've done sonograms and they've seen babies uh s- masturbating like touching themselves in utero so it's very normal them before birth mm-hmm. for us to be sexual to a pleasure the pleasure that our bodies offer us but we come out and you know immediately slap a diaper on a baby and if at any point you're changing a baby's diaper and the baby starts to touch him or herself like Hands get slapped away or you know the adult expresses some sort of disgust or um, then when you get a little bit older and you start to touch yourself more intentionally because it does feel good and then you get caught and get shamed, you get spanked because of it, sent to your room things like that. we have this shame just built in. Um, we're taught to to be disgusted by our sexuality from such an early age. And then it just continues on. We don't know how to explore our own bodies. We don't know how to bring our self-pleasure. And there's so much sovereignty in that. And then we feel like we're reliant on someone else. And then we get to this teenage period where there's so much confusion and all the hormones. and But we haven't been taught boundaries. We've been taught it's bad it's dirty it's dangerous but we haven't been taught the pleasure aspect of it and how to say yes to pleasure but no to the things that that aren't right for us and so then we just see women you know men and women both being their boundaries trampled because they haven't been able to have a voice from the time they were young and they're they're already shut down and it just
0: continues on through our lives Mm. Man, you bring up such a great point because I think that, I mean, that is so true. You were so right about that. And I even had a woman tell me, she said, you know, I've spent my whole life not being sexual. And then all of a sudden, now that I'm married, I'm supposed to be sexual. Like you can't just turn it on. Like you can, but it's going to take a lot longer.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we, we have those neural pathways formed in the brain. Sex is bad. Sex is dirty. Sex is dangerous. Don't have sex. Good girls don't have sex. And then all of a sudden you're supposed to be having amazing, incredible sex with this person that you love. And biology will tend to um, lend itself to creating that for the first four to 18 months. But beyond after that, like you're really on your own. Biology doesn't care anymore. Like at that point, you're uh, from a biological perspective should have procreated. You should have the baby. You're moving into an attachment period of, of love and of being with the person you're with. Um, and so if you and that's when women often experience all the shame comes flooding back in the shutdown really happens the disgust of having sex i don't want him to touch me i don't like i don't want to have sex anymore i feel um i just feel like all this uh repulsive repulsion in my body and it's a lot it's so much for women to work through that
0: yeah, that is a lot. And I've definitely been through all that. So I can totally relate to that. Yeah. Um, and then, but men, though, they get shamed too. So it's almost like we live in a society. Don't you think that things are getting better, though? Because there are people like you and me, that are doing this work. There are people that are speaking out about it. Or is it still we just have so much work to do? Because shame is just so like, yeah, it's in our DNA.
1: I, It well part of it is in our DNA. I mean, from epigenetics, we it's just passed down, passed down, passed down, and so there's a lot of work to do. Thankfully, people are are doing the work and becoming leaders in the in these realms, so that way future generations will hopefully have um, less of a hard time. Um, but there are a lot of us that really are the pioneers when it comes to this, you know, and specifically, women have been taught that they cannot be sexual and be accepted by society. You, you're an object. If you are a sexual woman, you're nothing but an object. And like that causes women to turn against their own bodies. So men, there's a lot of responsibility that men have in not treating women as objects when they are expressing themselves sexually. That that is part of their wholeness, just as it is for a man. And for men, they've often been taught to disconnect from their heart. Their sexuality and their heart can't be the same. You know, like they, they can fuck, but they can't love. And so like really beginning to integrate those parts of them is, is the work for men as well.
0: Mm, yes, that is so true. Yeah, because it's almost like when you're disconnecting your heart, it's like, what's the point? Like, you kind of get to the point where after a while, there's no point in doing it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, I definitely relate to what you're saying about the upbringing, too, because when I started doing this work, I, my family didn't get it. <laughs> so did you have a similar, like, when you first started to deep dive into this work where people were like, why is she doing this?
1: Oh, yeah, for sure.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I feel like most women in this work, their families are like, What are you doing?
1: (laughs) Exactly. Because women doing anything about sex is automatically assumed it's sex work. (laughs)
0: Yeah, or it's something weird.
1: Yeah, exactly. Someone messaged me on
0: Instagram yesterday and he said, Oh, so are you going to watch me have sex? And I was like, No. Because he was asking me questions about maybe doing a a session. Now I was like, Nah, that, no. Nah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that is weird that people assume, why do people assume
1: sex work? Well, because I mean, historically that's all women have been allowed to do when in the realms of sexuality, like we weren't allowed to have sex for enjoyment and pleasure. Uh, we, in a woman who did express, you know, any type of pleasure, like she was considered a a sex worker, like she was, she was a prostitute or something. And, you know, clearly we now see plenty of women and I'm sure even then too, that were working as sex workers and not enjoying it, but you know, they did it for the money. Um, so it's just, it's a really messed up culture that we have around women and sexuality.
0: Yeah, I agree with you on that. And I've definitely noticed that doing this work. And I, I'm hoping that things not hoping, I'm setting the intention that things are gonna get way better over the next 10, 20 years because we need a world where women are can be sexual and is nothing weird about that.
1: Yeah, exactly. We do because repressed sexuality is what gets us to the the mess that we're in now. Like you see the Me Too movement. Just all the sexual abuse that's that happens, the sex trade, all of this, like it all comes from repressed sexuality. Mm-hmm. And so, when we celebrate sexuality, when sexuality is considered something that is sacred and beautiful, then we don't have all of these negative associations with it that just come out in really disgusting ways.
0: Yes, I so agree with you on that. Yeah, because I. I feel like we need a world that is safer, too, oh yeah, we do such Absolutely. a great point, okay, so where do you want to leave everybody with in terms of a takeaway from our conversation? Yeah, amazing sex is
1: possible for all of us. I mean that is my my passion is to just have as many people as possible having incredible sex, having incredible relationships where they're really thriving in their love lives. Uh, because that's the root of everything. Like that's what we're here for. You know, like when you go back to just biology, like procreation and survival, like the procreation aspect of it, is is based in in love that's why we have those love hormones full through our bodies so it really is why we are here and when we're not expressing it and experiencing it in the like optimal ways we feel we just don't feel like life is complete and so it's not that being in love with someone completes us in like the fairy tale uh sense of that but it really is such an important part of who we are as humans
0: yes i definitely agree with you on that and listen as someone who used to be on an antidepressant that's never going to go back i think that it's even more important too for like our mental health and health
1: I so agree with you yeah absolutely (laughs) yeah okay so where can everybody find you Uh, So my website is tantricactivation.com. I'm on Instagram, tantricactivation as well. Uh, Twitter is I am Sarah Rose, and Sarah has two R's. So it's S-A-R-R-A-H-R-O-S-E. Facebook is tantricactivation too.
0: Okay, sounds great. I'll put your links below. Thank you so much for joining me. Everybody, be sure to subscribe, like, share the podcast. Let us know your thoughts. This is such a fun one talking about male sexuality, such an important topic. And I will see you next week. Bye.